The Boston Bruins are in action tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers in preseason action. And I'm talking about some players you need to watch as the battle for opening night roster spots continues. Plus, we're going to kick off a new series this season for the Centennial, looking at some Bruins history moments. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to beat. Today is Friday, September 29th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. It's free and available on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I mentioned off the top, the Bruins are in action tonight at TD Garden, taking on the Philadelphia Flyers in preseason action. We'll talk about the roster for tonight's game and who you should keep an eye on and uh, do a little Bruins history moment to end today's podcast. A quick reminder before we get started that you can find the podcast on X uh, and Instagram at locked NHL Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C McLaren. That's on X Twitter threads, blue sky, Instagram, all over the place. Now, let's begin by looking at the roster for tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers. As Bessie joins the podcast here, say hi, Bess. Now, tonight there will be a couple guys making their preseason debuts. Notably, Captain Brad Marchand, who will don the sea on the ice for the first time. David Pasternak's getting in the lineup. Hampus Lindholm and Charlie McAvoy getting in the lineup. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk will be playing as well. There's a few guys that we need to keep an eye on here as the spots for opening night continue to remain open, remain a bit up in the air. I'm going to touch on some guys I've been talking about a lot recently. And let's begin with the younger guys. You have Matt Poitra, who should be possibly back in the OHL anytime now, but continues to hang with the Boston Bruins because of his strong showing in his preseason debut against uh, the New York Rangers, scoring on Jonathan Quick, and because of his all-around solid play in training camp. Now, Quattro's Guelph Storm opened their season tonight against, uh, who are they playing? I can't remember, North Bay or something. Anyways, he's going to miss at least one game of the OHL regular season. Keep in mind, a lot of people are projecting him to win the OHL scoring title this year. So however many games he misses kind of puts him behind the eight ball. But I believe one of his challengers, David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves remains at Seattle Kraken training camp. So all things are level there. Quatra, we'll see if he's playing with some of the big guns tonight and whether or not he can 
hang once again against, uh, you know, a team that even at full roster isn't expected to be very good tonight. And that's the Philadelphia Flyers. So against a preseason Flyers team, chances are there'll be opportunities to succeed. Now, another guy to keep an eye on, of course, is Mason Lorai. And Lorai was paired up with Charlie McAvoy during on-ice sessions on Thursday. Uh, Joe Sacco, assistant coach, said they wanted to get him some reps with Charlie. A lot of guys remain in the evaluation process, and they're being evaluated every practice, every game. But they want to give guys opportunity to play with some more established players in the lineup and see how they perform. See how they do defensively in certain situations. It's the same with Poitra. He was playing with uh, DeBrusque and Van Riemsdyk in the first game. He's been paired with David Pasternak at times in camp. Sacco added, maybe a guy like Mason's not accustomed to playing against some top lines in practice or whatever the case may be. So I think that's the thinking behind it. Sacco also added that Lorai, contrary to the NHL score sheet, did not play 29 minutes on Tuesday night. The ice times were off and the blue liner likely skated in the 25 minute range, which is still playing a lot. And Sacco thought as the game went on, he started to develop a little bit better. Got a bit more confident out there with what he was doing, more assertive in his game, moving the puck quickly, something that will probably keep something that they'll probably keep working on with him. The ability to move the puck, support the attack, but overall they thought he tried to compete defensively too. He was engaged, he was good with the stick, all areas that they try to work on with their young D. So Sacco here is talking as though we're gonna keep working on him on things with him, whether or not that's in reference to throughout the remainder of training camp as Lori perhaps is destined to go back to Providence or whether they mean we're going to keep working with him on this through the regular season. That remains to be seen, but Poitra, Lori, certainly two guys to keep an eye on. And it looks like they will be in pretty prominent roles. Uh, let me just take a look and see who Poitra was skating with on Thursday. But again, he's been given every opportunity to hang. And it's really quite impressive. Uh, according to Scott McLaughlin of WEEI, Poitra was skating yesterday with Marshawn and Danton Heinen, who we'll talk about here in a moment. Zaka Pasternak and uh, Anthony Richard were the uh, other top six line. A big opportunity here for Anthony Richard. We'll just briefly touch on here. For those of you who don't recall, Richard was a fourth round pick of the Nashville Predators in 2015. Another guy they're kind of plucking from that draft. 30 goals, 37 assists in 60 games for the Laval Rocket of the AHL last season. So he definitely has some offensive upside. He had 91 points in 66 games for the Val d'Or Foreur in his draft year. So definitely uh, looking to see if he can translate that offensive upside at lower levels 
to uh, the NHL and he'll get a prime opportunity to do so playing with Zaka and Pasternak here tonight. All right, we'll talk about a couple other guys to keep an eye on during tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers here coming up after the break. Did you burn your last piece of toast? Have your avocados gone bad? Is the hot sauce bottle empty? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers as well. Thousands of grocery stores to choose from. You can find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. If you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. Right now, you can get 50% off up to $20 on your next order of groceries when you use code LOCKED at checkout. It's a limited time offer. Terms do apply, but use promo code LOCKED at checkout to get 50% off your first order with DoorDash grocery delivery. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day, free and available on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. Please do smash that subscribe button and do not miss an episode. On Monday's podcast, we will do our three stars recap of tonight's preseason game against the Flyers and bring you all the latest from Boston Bruins training camp. Let's quickly touch on a couple other guys you want to keep an eye on during tonight's game against the Flyers. We've already touched on Poitra, Richard, Lorai. As some younger guys looking to make an impact, there will be some regulars, including the team's three best players in Marshawn, Pasternak, McAvoy, uh, Kyle Kaiser and Linus Olmark listed as the goaltenders. And of course you have two of the PTO guys or the only two PTO guys who will be in the lineup tonight uh, in Alex Chason and Danton Heinen, two guys without contracts for the upcoming season, whether at the NHL or AHL levels looking to make an impact. I think Heinen kind of underwhelmed in the game against Buffalo Shason looked a bit more active, a bit uh, more motivated, hungry. I've talked at length about what would need to happen for the Bruins to sign one or both of these guys. They would have to clear some cap space, put some guys on waivers. That process began yesterday, so anytime guys can be put on waivers for the purpose of assignment. Um, So... A defenseman would have to be cleared out or Patrick Brown, AJ Greer could be the candidates to be uh, waived for the purpose of assignment to the HL. Now Greer's in the lineup tonight. He'll be looking to make uh, an impression and stave off the competition. Shason, Heinen, both looking to secure spots at the NHL level this season. If it's not with the Bruins, they want to impress enough to, get a look elsewhere. Um, you know, some pro scouts surely keeping eyes on these games. There are opportunities around the NHL, so maybe they can jump on somewhere else if they don't catch on with the Boston Bruins. 
other guys I'll be watching, Brett Harrison, still at the NHL camp. Georgie Merkulov, these are two guys likely destined for Providence, but getting another taste of NHL preseason action here with Providence training camp set to begin on Sunday, I believe. Um, be interesting to see Kevin Shattenkirk, what he's able to do in black and gold. Riley Walsh, Parker Witherspoon hanging on probably to their last days at Bruins training camp before AHL starts. Uh, these are a bunch of guys I'm looking forward to watching tonight, but I'll be especially keeping an eye on Quatra Lori as youngsters who have really impressed, as well as Shason and Heinen, seeing as they are on professional tryouts with no guarantee of a NHL contract coming up this season. I should mention, uh, again, according to Scott McLaughlin of WEEI, the lines yesterday were Richard Zakapatranak, Marshawn Poitra Heinen. Then you had AJ Greer skating with uh, John Farinacci and Jacob Lauko. And then you had uh, Luke Toporowski, who was resent to the AHL. He was cut from training camp skating with, um, who is he skating with? Merkulov and Shason. So we'll see who the, uh, what the lines are here coming up tonight with Richard in there for, uh, Toporowski. He perhaps, oh no, not Richard. Uh, who is the 12th, 12th guy in there? Brett Harrison, I suppose. Yeah, Harrison will be in there for Toporowski. On defense, you had Lori McAvoy, Lindholm, Shattenkirk, and Witherspoon and Walsh with Forbort and Renouf, Daniel Renouf, still kicking around as the extra guys. So that's the outlook for tonight. Coming up after the break, going to kick off our Bruins history moment with a look at how the team came to be and why they're called the Bruins. We'll touch on that here coming up after the break. All right, in the past, I've referenced this book by Brian McFarlane it's from the original six series, and it's called The Bruins. And I thought, seeing as it's the centennial, and I've vowed to become more acclimated with Boston Bruins history. We do a, some short readings here, probably on Fridays, to uh, explore some Bruins history. Now, let's talk about how big league hockey came to Boston. It was because of a man named Charles Francis Adams, a poor boy from Newport, Vermont. Never owned a hockey stick as a youth, but he was adept with a broomstick working his way around the potato sacks, feed bags, and other merchandise in the corner grocery store where he was first employed as a chore boy. It, will, it was the start of a brilliant career in the grocery business that would propel Adams all the way to the chairmanship of First National Stores, one of the major chains operating in the United States. He was a racing enthusiast. He was the founder, president, and owner of Suffolk Downs. He was instrumental in getting a uh, Perry Mutual betting league legalized in Massachusetts. 
And in the mid-30s, he was the principal owner of the Boston Braves of the National League and used his powers of persuasion to get Sunday baseball approved in Boston. When he moved from Vermont to Brookline, Mass., he discovered hockey and was hooked for life. He attended most of the club games played at the Boston Arena, and in time, he even sponsored the team, the Irish Americans. In 1924, he journeyed to Montreal to see the Stanley Cup and became even more enthused. He applied for an NHL franchise at a meeting in Montreal on October 12th, 1924, and was told that a man named Thomas Duggan had been granted two franchises on the condition they be placed in major U.S. cities. Adams snapped up one of the franchises for a fee of $15,000. Can you believe that? Fifteen grand was all it cost to get an NHL team back then. Requests for franchises also came from Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. But they were shelved. Those two teams, of course, not original six teams. Adams hired veteran hockey star Art Ross to run his team and serve as governor. The Bruins played home games at the Boston Arena. Boston Garden opened in 1928 and wouldn't have been constructed if Adams had not guaranteed $500,000 rental for five seasons. To acquire some manpower, he peeled off three hundred grand in 1926 to purchase an entire league in Western Canada. And he enjoyed the thrill of three Stanley Cup championships. The first came the year the Garden opened, and then a decade later, in 1939, the Bruins defeated Toronto for the Cup. Two years later, they ousted Detroit in the finals. That's three of their six Stanley Cups. They're back in the era of the original owner, Charles Adams. Now, how did they become known as the Bruins? Apparently, a young woman from Montreal gets most of the credit. Bessie Moss, a transplanted Canadian, was secretary to Art Ross, who was, like I mentioned, a renowned pro hockey player and the first Bruins general manager. In 1924, Charles Adams purchased the NHL's first American franchise, selected Ross as the man to bring hockey glory to Boston. They faced the task of selecting a nickname and team colors. Miss Moss handled most of the correspondence between the two men pertaining to the subject. They had no problem selecting colors. Brown and gold were chosen because that those were the colors for the storefronts of the grocery chain that Adams owned. That's why the Bruins are were brown and gold to begin. Now they're black and gold, of course, but we'll see that brown on the Centennial uh, alternate jersey this season. When Miss Moss learned the brown was one of the colors, she suggested the team be named the Bruins. Adams and Ross liked the idea, tipped their hats to Miss Moss. Of course, the brown in the original Boss uniforms um, followed the selection of the Bruins as a nickname. Many years later, the club would drop the color brown and adopt gold, black, and white as the official team colors. So shout out to Bessie Moss for coming up with the nickname Bruins, uh, who were then primarily brown and gold color scheme since replaced by black and gold. But we will see that brown during the original six matchups this season 
while they put on those Centennial jerseys. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for joining me today, joining me this week. Please do smash that subscribe button if you have not already so that you do not miss an episode here in 2023-24, the centennial season. Very exciting. And uh, please do have a great weekend. We're planning to go to an escape room with our son, whose birthday was just last week. He wants to go for sushi dinner as well. We got basketball practice. We got a birthday party to take a kid to jam-packed. But we'll be watching tonight's Bruins game and bringing you all the latest on Monday's episode because Locked On Bruins is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.